This episode is dedicated to uh, my father, Donald Watson. Um, he is not dead, but I certainly do believe in giving flowers while you can still smell them. His birthday was the past couple days. Um, it's in with between the last episode and this episode, and he turned 59. So I just wanted to take a, just a, a brief moment just to acknowledge and recognize him and let him know uh, how great of a man that he is and how influential he is in my life. He is the best example of manhood and fatherhood that I have ever, ever encountered. And it, it's not by things, not just what he says to me and other people, but just how he lives his life and how he just represents being the best that he can do. Uh, because I, I don't know about any other people or pastors out there, but it takes a lot of work to do what he does. Um, so I recognize that and I appreciate all that he does and I love him very much, uh, not just as a father, but especially as a father, but just as a, the best role model in my life. So for that, I just want to say thank you, dad. And I love you on a similar note of fatherhood. I also want to wish one of my dearest friends and long lost brothers, uh, Chris Diaz. I want to wish him a happy birthday and welcome him to 30 hood. But, uh, also he is another shining example of fatherhood as he, I believe now has three children. You know, he is raising just like a beautiful family, beautiful children. And he is an example for me who I am currently childless. Yes, I do not have children. I do have a little puppy, but that is not the same thing. Um, but I just want to wish him all the best and that I look up to him in that uh, respect as well. So, Chris, keep doing your thing. I love you too. And now, on with the show. FX presents the Indie Podcast with your host, T. Sterling Watson. Good morning, Indubians. I am T. Sterling Watson. This is the Indie Podcast. Thank you for stopping by and pressing play. This is week number 10. If you are doing the Savings Week Challenge, I know uh, last episode I may have miscounted only because I was using a different calendar, but I am using Google Calendar, so you can keep track with me. This is uh, week 10, so you should be saving $10 this week. Uh, well, you know, yeah, whatever. And um, that would mean that you would have a grand total of $55 in your 52-week savings challenge. So I'm going to try to keep that up every episode just to keep you on track where you are. So you should, you know, have this amount of money, money's saved up by the end of the year uh, when we get there. Uh, so just to make things easier, I'm going to give some kind of number like uh, 10 over 55. How about that? Does that work for you? Now you know what I'm talking about? I mean, this is week 10 and you should have $55. So next week, like if I were to do this right, right now, these episodes are biweekly, but next week, if I were to do that, I would say 11 over 66. 
meaning you would have this would be a week 11 and you would have $66. But we're not there yet. We're in week 10 and you should have $55 for this episode anyway. So there we have it. So how's everybody doing? Great. Wonderful. Um, this is Women's History Month. Uh, the particular day that I'm actually recording is International Women's Day or Women's Day. I keep kind of Women's Day, Women. It's the M-A-N or M-E-N. Doesn't matter. Anyway, this particular episode, I will have a special feature to discuss about um, women's history. Uh, so you'll listen, you'll hear that a little bit later. Uh, so because I, I, I want to make sure that I, you know, show appreciation to to the women out there that are, you know, doing the work because, I mean, women, they're amazing. But yet there are people out there that do not uh, respect them in the least. And that is disgraceful. I don't know. I don't have words for it. I don't understand it, but it happens. Um, but hey, that's 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 out there. Women's Day, which is the day that I'm recording right now, is actually International Women's Day. So people are celebrating and, you know, showing pictures of women internationally that I'm assuming are changing the world. I'm hoping that's what's happening. I haven't been on Twitter too much today, uh, but that's how I found out about it. Uh, but I do want to give a shout out to one that I know that has worked with many women on her podcast, and that's uh, Laura, who I was recently a guest on her podcast, uh, Loudavision. So do check out loudavision.com as we discuss, uh, or actually we discuss the recap of House of Cards from season one to season three. So please go back and check that out. That is if you are a fan of House of Cards. It's not for everyone. I did end up watching House of Cards uh, all of season four within two days. I didn't actually mean to, but it is one of those kind of shows where you just you just strap in and just go. And, you know, why stop? Especially if you don't, you know, really have to do anything else, which I actually did. But, you know, I just put it to the side till later. Uh, and I'm putting this out there now. I think we'll have to discuss with Laura at a later date. If we want to come back over here, because she hasn't been on this show since, I think, last year's Oscars review. Uh, but having her come back on the show and maybe uh, do a recap of season four. I mean, we'll give we'll give some time for people to watch it first because it's still so fresh, still so new. And Kevin Spacey, I'm sure he's having a great week or weekend because House of Cards came out. And then he also is narrating a show on CNN about... Uh, presidents doing dastardly dirty things just to you know make their way in the white house there's only been one episode so far which i checked out it's uh jfk versus nixon and um some of the stuff i knew but some of the stuff i didn't you know i like i like learning that, that kind of thing so go check that out and um speaking of the oscars this year's oscars was a um an interesting one i i knew for sure i wasn't going to flat out uh, boycott it because I mean, it's it's a pastime of mine. I enjoy doing it. I, I enjoy live tweeting it, and you have to. I've got to get my snark out there. Just you know, just it's a release for me. It's fun, and plus I had to make sure that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio won. Not that like by me watching it or not watching it, that was going to influence whether or not he was going to win. I just you know I had to watch because it's 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 I can't even think of the word, but. Yeah, it's that, whatever that is. I'm sure you might have filled it in. Exciting, uh, the anticipation, whatever it is. Uh, and if he lost, then, you know, I was going to go right in the streets because, you know, he he needed to win, especially for The Revenant and the the all that he put into that movie. How could you not give him the award? 
Uh, so yeah, if he lost, I was going to ride in the streets. Maybe not that night, maybe the next day, because I mean, the Oscars are so late. I'm so tired. Then I got to go out to like the Home Depot and buy a pitchfork because I don't have one. So just can't go out and riot immediately. Um, but he didn't lose, so I didn't have to do all that. I didn't have to go, you know, shop for pitchforks because, uh, I mean, how much are they? Like 20 bucks? I just don't, I don't have the time. Uh, but yeah, I was also, I was live tweeting the Oscars. I was live tweeting um, the concert for uh, for Flint, Michigan that was going on. They were doing a a live uh, tele, not telecast. Would it be telecast? Webcast. That's what it is. They were doing a concert uh, for for them, uh, Justice for Flint, or hashtag Justice for Flint was the name of that, and I, I was watching that. Uh, several of the performances, uh, several of the children that were just, you know, tugging at the heartstrings because, hey, look, kids are out there in Michigan, Flint, Michigan, still, and I don't even know how long it's been going on now. It almost seems like, what, half a year? I don't know. It's been a long time that they haven't had, like, drinkable water to, I mean, it's not even just drink, but just they can't bathe in it. They can't do anything with it because it's still tainted with just, it's, it's, it's insane. And the fact that their pipes still aren't fixed yet. Fixed yet? What's going on? I don't. I don't know. So, I was watching that live tweeting, live tweeting with that, live tweeting with the Oscars, and then at nine o'clock, The Walking Dead came on, so I had to watch that as well. So I watched all three of these things at the same time, and I survived barely. I was exhausted, but you know, I survived. It was fun, kind of. Yes, it was fun. I mean, I wouldn't do it if it wasn't fun. So, yeah, watched all three of those. The Oscars were somewhat. I don't want to say predictable, but they were different. There was a lot of um, Oscars so white kind of jokes going on. Of course, with I, everyone wanted to see what Chris Rock was going to say, what he's going to do. Uh, some people were upset because he didn't say enough. Some people weren't, you know, they they felt maybe some of the jokes were a little off. Or and some people were like, "Hey, what about us?" And by those us, we mean like maybe Latinos and um, Native Americans and Asians, like. He's not, you know, calling us out or saying like, hey, we should be included in this too. But that was the whole point of Oscar So White. And you can go and see uh, Reign of April, or I'm calling her Twitter name, but um, the one who started the hashtag Oscar So White. She never uh, meant it for just black people. She just meant it for everyone else who is not white, basically, because Oscar only seems to recognize only the white actors. But that hashtag was meant to represent all races being represented by Oscar, which it has not been. So, yes, a new hashtag was born. I don't know who uh, started it, but it's hashtag not your mule, as if to say that all of these other ethnicities were kind of getting upset at, um, I guess, some of the black activists for not standing up for them. And it was like, hey, We are trying to help ourselves out. I mean, you can start up your own hashtag. Why do you have to jump on ours? But it wasn't even about that. It was it it was crazy. It was nonsense. But that started off last week's outrage because last week just seemed to be a whole week of outrage because what came up next was um, the Nina Simone biopic, which, you know, when I first heard about it, I was like, hey, that's exciting. I mean, I've been hearing about this biopic for years, like I think almost literally over a decade because I remember there was a rumor, um, and it might have been around like 2005, that uh, Mary J. Blige was supposed to play uh, Nina Simone. Maybe. I, I could be 
misquoting, misremembering. Like I said, it was 10 years ago. And, you know, that's all I heard about it then. Then we flash forward to, let's just say last week, and we find out, or actually, I didn't even know until I saw the pictures that um, Zoe Saldana is being played or is playing uh, Nina Simone. Now, I personally love Zoe Saldana. That is my probably my top celebrity crush. So I'm like, eh, okay. I mean, I definitely agree with a lot of the controversy that's going on that, you know, there are better choices, definitely, by a long shot. And I'm not saying Zoe can't do it, but the fact that they put her, you know, made her darker, basically blackface. And uh, a lot of people were offended by that and were upset, like, hey, it's it's hard enough for our like darker skinned black actresses to get work. And now you're going to go ahead and just get a lighter skin who they, they don't even want to claim her as black. Um, although I'm not sure if she has in interviews said that she's black, even though she's more of a, a, a Latina. But hey, whatever. These This is the part of like nitpicking that I didn't really want to get into. I'm like, can we can we be happy that, first of all, we're getting a Nina Simone biopic at all? Maybe, perhaps. I know the production team is all like, I guess... Apparently they're all white and that's people are finding that to be a problem too, but I'm just, tr- I'm just trying to find the silver lining in some of these things and it, it doesn't seem to be enough. Everyone, people are already planning to boycott this film because of that. And I'm not quite ready to get to that level yet. I'm going to wait and hold out. Um, the other thing that became a major controversy is the Ghostbusters trailer finally came out. Now, I, I for one, have been waiting since, well, last year, I think, once we heard about the cast. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be hilarious. These these very funny people, like, I think all of them, except for Melissa McCarthy, they have all, you know, been on SNL. Melissa McCarthy, she's actually did her fourth hosting job. So it's, yeah, you can, you can call her, you know, SNL alum, kind of, kind of. But um, I, I, I was excited. I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm ready. Let's do this. We saw the trailer. I saw the trailer. I was excited. I was like, yes, I don't want to see any more trailers because that's the problem I had with Deadpool. They had so many trailers that I felt like half the movie was already seen. Even, even like the um, Red Band trailer stuff that I, I, you know, I went to go see, obviously. But like even that stuff, like they just spoiled so much of it. I mean, I still enjoyed the movie, but there was just so much in the trailer. So now, now that we have this one trailer out so far, I don't want to see any more until the movie because I don't want anything else to be spoiled. Now, back to the controversy around it. A lot of people are upset because they made Leslie Jones' character not really a scientist. And this particular reboot of Ghostbusters is basically just retelling the same story, I guess, as the original Ghostbusters, which people kind of had a problem with. Now, I will say this. I have read an article from Ernie Hudson and saying how originally his character was had much more of a backstory than what we know about Wilson now, which is, as far as we know, he's just some random black guy that came in. It's like, yeah, if it's paying, if there's a steady paycheck involved, I'll believe in whatever you tell me. Whereas, according to his article, he was like a, uh, a former ex-fighter uh, pilot. And I mean, he had, uh, he, I think was in the air force and all this other stuff. Great stuff. I mean, it's wonderful, but things happen, you know, in the movies and things are cut and sadness. So 
it didn't quite pan out and his story is diminished to what we know as as it is now it's a great read you can find it on entertainment weekly um, if I remember to do so, I'll try to put a link into the show notes because that's what show notes are for. Um, but people are or were, or I'll say they are upset because Leslie Jones character is just seems to be just another person. Why they're like, why can't he, why can't she be a, uh, a scientist or, you know, something to that effect? And I'm like, why not? Why, why, why can't we just have a regular every man person or every woman person? Um, and just the fact that they're all women, let's be happy about that. Even though I do know that there are some people out there that are, are actually upset because this reboot features all women. Yes. Like I said before, where, you know, there, there are guys out there, even some women that still don't respect other women, but that's another thing entirely. There's just so much outrage last week. And then, um, as someone just kind of summed it up, there's just so much saltiness. So... I had, you know, made a decision there. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't really want to give into it. I want to be whatever the equivalent of that, of whatever seasoning there is. And I want to be that of, uh, not necessarily joy and happiness, but positivity or optimism, whatever equivalent seasoning of that, that's what I want to be with a dash of snarkiness, of course, because, you know, it's just my thing. Um, sure. I'll, you know, tell jokes and make, you know, ha-has about whatever it is, but it's, it's coming from a place of entertainment. It's not really one of like rawr, rawr, nerd rage or um, what am I trying to define it as? I wrote it in a future blog post that I still have not released yet, um, trying to call the and, and band. That is angry nerd bandwagon. I am not jumping on the angry nerd bandwagon unless it deems absolutely necessary to. Uh, and I can't think of an example right now, but there are times when there are certain movies or things in nerdum that comes out and everyone seems to just jump on this thing of, of hating it. And I'm not even sure why sometimes, I mean, sometimes it's called for because there are some things like Batman and Robin with the bat nipples that, you know, that is a legit thing to be upset about because that is, that is not needed. No one, no one wants that. No one asked for that. So we can all, you know, jump on and, and be upset about that. Right now, that's just the running joke. So we're not really mad about it anymore because we have much better Batmen since then. But that's just still something that we collectively can, you know, continue to jump on and, and be outraged about. Except now it's just a joke. So we're good. But yeah, as for the Ghostbusters outrage, I am not outraged in the least about it. I am. I don't want to say I don't care, but maybe I, I don't care. Uh, I don't know. But the, the through line between Ghostbusters and Nita Simone is um, Leslie Jones. She would have been perfect to be cast for Nina Simone. And that would have just shot her right up to through stardom and everything. Not that she's not a star now, but she would be a bigger name because of Nina Simone. I mean, because of that of that film. Uh, but hey. That's that's where we are in this world. I'm and I have my reasons why they may have gone with Zoe Saldana. Um, maybe because her name is more known than others. Other people have throughout names like um, Viola Davis. Uh, Viola Davis, who, who would have been also just a lovely choice, a great choice, perfect choice. It's hard to say that she is not as well known because at least viola davis she's been nominated for i think at least one or two oscars already so i mean she's definitely 
up there in renowned status. I don't I don't know. Maybe she was busy. I mean, there are all these other reasons that we as just viewers or uh, the outside of the industry don't know why people were cast or people were not cast. Maybe the price wasn't right. Maybe they're just like I said, maybe they're busy. I don't know. I'm not defending the choice because I, too, agree that Zoe Saldana, as much as I love her, she is not the best choice for this role. But I also don't want to judge her like performance, even though she is, you know, made to look darker. No one should be blaming Zoe for this (laughs) because she's just she's just working. So she's doing what she got to do. So hopefully we can kind of agree on that point there. Um but yeah, that that is that is uh, things that are, that are going on right now, and that, that I just wanted to get my my piece out there because it was just too much just to fit into a a few series of tweets. Even though there, I've seen so many people arguing, either, not necessarily for either one of these topics, but it's just been so much going on, and uh, I was like, I, I just can't just tweet it. So let me save it and blurt it out here for all of my listening audience to kind of chime in and you know chime in uh leave me a comment or tweet at me and we can continue a discussion there but there are definitely a lot more people more um well versed in this topic than i am i just wanted to get my two cents in there and say how i felt about it which it almost seems like i don't really feel anything but like i said i am not for (laughs) the casting but i mean sometimes it's perfectly casted sometimes it's not I mean, uh, I think someone pointed out the example of uh, Jamie Foxx channeling Ray Charles. I think that was to a different context, but still perfectly casted. Completely unrelated. We're going to move on to the next topic at hand. Daredevil season two. That live tweet will be uh, in a couple weeks when that that happens because it'll be released on Netflix, of course, uh, Daredevil season two. And I will be co-hosting that live tweet with Geek Soul Brother, who will also be on the podcast uh, soon or later, one of these days. Um, so, yeah, listen out for that and also watch out for that. So be sure to follow me if you aren't already and follow Geek Soul Brother at Geek Soul Brother, spelled exactly how it sounds. And um, yeah, we'll be live tweeting at least probably the first two or three, maybe even four episodes. I don't have to work the following Saturday, so I probably might be up for a few episodes. And I'm going to say this now. If you're live tweeting with us, be sure to change your Netflix settings so that each episode will just keep playing. I think after three episodes, you do have to say, hey, you know, um, I do want to keep playing because it'll ask you like, do you want to continue? Like, yeah, I do want to continue. Unless you don't, then don't. Simple as that. So that it will be uh, when Daredevil Season 2 comes out. So be sure to do that. And um, the only other thing that will be happening within that time from this episode to the next episode is Superman, or I'm sorry, Batman v Superman. So I might possibly have a review ready. I know I've got another film I'm, I'm going to be checking out this week, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. I decided I do want to go see that So because I went to see the first one and all my friends uh, they were like, eh, I don't want to see it. Or if they did see it, they didn't like it. So I felt like I was just alone in that category of like, wow, I must have been the only one that liked it. I mean, I went by myself to go see it. I know. Am I, am I, I don't know. And maybe I thought it was just me, but I'm finding other people out there that did like it and other people that do want to see it. So hopefully maybe I'll, I'll find a, a, a group. of Maybe I will go to the movie and end up running into some old friends again. 
like I did with, with Daredevil because I went to go see Daredevil by myself just randomly. And one day I got out of work. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go see Daredevil. Yeah, not Daredevil. Deadpool. I'm so sorry. There's so much alliteration going on. Um, I'm going to go see uh, Deadpool. And um, actually, backing up a little bit, the Daredevil film, that was another one that had a whole uh, band of a... Uh, the, the angry nerd bandwagon was attacking that one too. But I think the TV show has made up for it, even though it's not something that's forgotten. Um, the most recent attack that I do remember of the angry nerd bandwagon or the and band is um, when Ben Affleck was cast as Batman. But I think some people are still some people are still a little iffy about that until they actually see the film. So we'll we'll see. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got for now. I think. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna take a, a break and we're gonna get into back into the uh, Women's History Month, and uh, like I am trying to do now for every episode is make sure I have some kind of uh, Black History fact in there. So I'm gonna combine the two. In this episode, we're gonna talk about uh, someone I came across, um, Mary Church Terrell, and I I'm gonna sound like I'm probably gonna be um, repeating myself, but. Mary Church Terrell. I don't know if Terrell's pronounced the way I pronounce my first name, but that is one of the things that stuck out to me. It was like, hey, who's this Terrell character? And I, the more I read about her, I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. I I need to share this because it's everyone should know this. Everyone should know about this person. And when we talk about Black History Month, I, I personally feel that Black history should be more than just February. It should be more than just Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. It should be, you know all these other people who contributed to uh, black people being where we are today um, or helping us advance further um, and still carving out paths to, to greatness, to excellence. And I am all about just celebrating our excellence uh, or even just acknowledging, not even just acknowledging, but enlightening us to our history, whether it's things that we've overcome or things that have tried to keep us down. It's things that we should know about as, as a people, as a community. And that, that is part of my, my mission that I've decided to take on to use this medium to help do in somewhat a international and not international in an entertaining kind of way. So, so, so yeah, so hang on, stay tuned or don't turn the podcast off unless you really have to or like oh i gotta get back to work or i made it to my destination but either way as long as you finish the podcast so you can hear about mary church terrell then after that then you can do what you gotta do sound good good hello indubians i'm laura host of Loudavision the podcast for visionaries, artists, and creatives. On my podcast, I'm interviewing fellow artists trying to figure out how we can bring our creative vision to life without compromising our values, crushing our soul, and dying poor. Yep, that explains it. You can listen to the Louder Vision podcast on lauramioli.com and connect with me on Twitter at Loudervision. So March is Women's History Month. And I wanted to combine that with the black history facts that I find or have found. So today we're going to talk about Mary Church Terrell. Now, I don't know if I'm pronouncing Terrell the way that she pronounced it or her family pronounces it. I'm only doing that, yes, because that is my first name. That's how it's pronounced. But maybe it's Terrell. 
but that's how some people have mispronounced my name. So I don't know. But and I will also say that, yes, this is why I'm talking about Mary or Mary Church Terrell, because first thing that stood out to me, I was like, wait a second. This remarkable woman has the first or the same name as my first name. I'm already confusing myself, but that's almost irrelevant. But that's what stood out to me about who this person is. I've never heard of her before until I did some research and I'm like, wow, how haven't I ever heard of her before? Because she's remarkable. She's amazing. And I'm going to tell you why. Uh, if you do a quick Google search like I did, the, one of the first facts that comes up about her is that she is one of the first black women to graduate uh, with a degree or graduate college with a degree. And um, I mean, already that's pretty remarkable and especially for its time, which, you know, I'll get into. But and I'm going to tell you now, I'm going to jump around the timeline a lot. So please bear with me. Uh I just, I just picked out things that I found interesting and I wanted to find someone who was interesting to me that I could, you know, say, Hey, you guys should go check out this person. So I'm going to give you a little brief story about her and some things I found interesting, but I highly recommend you look into Mary Church Terrell for yourself to, you know, get a better understanding, get, get some, get some history, get some culture in you. So let's, let's jump into this real quick. Uh, so first of all, she was born in 1863. Uh, just talking about her family a little bit. Her father was an entrepreneur, which was a big deal because I don't know of too many African-American entrepreneurs back then in the 1800s. But I mean, she was kind of set. So she had some money. So she was able to go to college, which she did. Her parents strived and stressed on education, which I mean, you probably should, especially around that time coming out of like uh, basically out of times of slavery because as a slave, you know, you don't really get to read at all. So that was highly stressed. So um, she went to college. She majored in the classics at Oberlin College, uh, which, you know, it did accept whites, uh, not whites. Well, of course it accepted whites, <laughs> but it accepted all races, what I meant to say, all races, all genders. And she was pretty much the only African-American woman among mostly white male students in her class. Um so she was nominated as a class poet. Uh, she also served as the editor on the Oberlin Review. And when she graduated with her bachelor's degree in 1884, she was one of the first African-American women to do so. Uh, later on, she did earn her master's degree also at Oberlin at 1888. After she graduated, she um, did some teaching at like a secondary school. Uh, again, you know, putting that education forward teaching the young ones. Uh, she went to Europe for a couple years and became fluent in French, German, and Italian. And she came back, did some more uh, teaching, and she also was a principal at the same school she was teaching at. Now, with their connections uh, through her father, she was able to meet some other uh, figures in history that we are, or that, that we should know about, such as Frederick Douglass and Booker T. Washington. Now, she was, I guess, closer with Frederick Douglass than she was with Booker T. Washington. But the fact that they knew, you know, all these people and they all kind of hung out together and, you know, strived for civil rights uh, advancement and, you know, helping our people to, you know, move forward. That's, you know, a big deal. It's, it's She's one of those names that should be recognized. As, and that's, again, why I'm doing this and talking about her. Uh, she was a founding member of the NAACP in 1909. She was there. She, you know, 
<laughs> signed on to the call, as they say. So, um, so yeah, she she was there for the civil rights campaigns. Uh, she was also uh, an activist in the women's suffrage movements. So, you know, she was all around doing stuff. Uh, she became the first president of the newly formed National Association of Colored Women, an organization I didn't know about until reading about her. Uh, but what they kind of established was day nurseries and uh, kindergartens and helped orphans. So, you know, more helping with the education and the children and the youth of tomorrow, making them better people together. Yes. Now, um, like I said, she did some some writing. She was a class poet uh, or nominated for the class poet, uh, studied the classics. Uh, so she identified as a writer. She was a journalist for a variety of newspapers and, quote, published either by or in the interest of colored people, unquote. It's actually something that she had said in her book, which I'll get to a little bit later. Uh, but she liked to go by the pen name Euphemia Kirk. I really like that name, Euphemia. Yes, I just want that to settle in. It does sound like euphoria, but just Euphemia. It just it has a nice ring to it. So yes, Euphemia Kirk was her pen name, and she wrote for many newspapers uh, for black people or about black people. It just, you know, lots of writing. She did that for many, many years. She did write her own autobiography, and uh, which I was saving for later, but A Colored Woman in a White World, published 1940. So definitely check that out. It's definitely worth it yet. I mean, I literally just found this person just a couple days ago. So that is added to my reading list. Um, in 1904, uh, Terrell was invited to speak at internet to speak at the International Congress of Women, which was held in Berlin, Germany. She was the only black woman at that conference. And she gave her speech in German. Then she delivered the speech again in French. And then she did it one more time in English. That was something that really stood out to me because, I mean, I don't think you... Even today, you see that happening because there's always some interpreter there. You have a little earpiece there. But no, she did it herself three times in three different languages. That was amazing. That that was like, wow. Um, but it gets better because um, although I don't have the years listed on this, but um, Terrell was a delegate to the International Peace Conference after the end of World War I. Uh, while in England, she stayed with none other than... Uh, how should I put this? The cornerstone or one of the, I want to call him a founding father, but I don't know if he actually was, but a central figurehead in the sci-fi and fantasy literary world. H.G. Wells and his wife, they invited Terrell to stay at their home uh, for that conference. So that was just just amazing. As as a blurred, that, that, that was like, wow, all these worlds combining and I don't know. I just found that to be really quite amazing. So even even um, moving on past that, she came back in, in 1950. Uh, Terrell sued and won a um, well a suit against a restaurant that refused her service. Uh, her tactics for you know doing this, she would come into restaurants and basically do sit-ins, and um, it. She won that that case uh, on June 8th, 1953. The court ruled that segregation or segregated eating places in Washington, D.C. were unconstitutional. 
And even after the age of 80, Terrell continued to participate in picket lines protesting the segregation of restaurants and theaters, uh, which included, you know, sit-ins and boycotts and picketing and all that, all that stuff that um, we hear about so many times in the civil rights movements. Um, she lived to see the Supreme Court decision in Brown versus Board of Education, holding unconstitutional the red the racial segregation of public schools. So again, she was very influential and active even in her much older years for the civil rights movements, uh, pretty much all throughout her life through civil rights, through women's rights. Um, and it was just, I guess, a great day for her just to see that schools had become desegregated uh, her story kind of ends two months after that. She died at, um, in 1954, so two months after that ruling. And um, yeah, I would say that she lived a pretty full and influential life. And I feel better knowing about her now than like <laughs> going on through life, never knowing that this remarkable woman had ever existed, um, striving for excellence and, and education and equal rights for everyone, uh, not just, you know, for black people, but for women, especially black women. Um, and I would highly recommend you do more research into finding out about her life. Check out her book, A Colored Woman in a White World. Um, you can find even more resources and information at the Library of Congress, their website, which I will provide a link to in this episode's show notes. So please look into Mary Church Terrell. And again, I apologize if you are related to this this remarkable woman. If you if you actually knew her or you know people that knew her and I'm pronouncing her name wrong each time, please forgive me. But also keep in mind, this is almost exactly how I spell my first name. Except that first vowel is an I, not an E, but there you have it. Either way, Mary Church Terrell. Hey y'all, I'm Courtney Hinton of VerveHouseCollective.com. Verve House Collective is all about creatives, entrepreneurs, and those who want to live an awesome life full of intention. Again, that site is VerveHouseCollective.com and we'd love to see ya. Hey, thank you so much for listening to yet another lovely episode of the Indu Podcast. And by the way, I do need to change probably some of my either commercials or the ending of this podcast tag that um, Alfred so... I'm sorry, not Alfred. Billford. Uh, I apologize, Billford. I'm so sorry. Please don't yell at me later. Um, but we are now on uh, a few other means of listening. Uh, I believe we are now on Spreaker. If my account didn't close because of too much information, hopefully my account didn't close on Spreaker, but um, I'm also on Stitcher now. So you can find the Indu podcast there. And I think that's it. Spreaker and Stitcher. So yeah, I'm on Spreaker and Stitcher. So go check those out or subscribe. So you're not limited to just iTunes anymore or just listening at podbean.com. So it's everywhere. And I'm still working on trying to catch up and get everything on YouTube as well. And hopefully very soon, 
I know I keep saying it. I've been saying it for months now, but hopefully I'll be able to actually make some videos, but we'll see. I won't say when they're coming. They'll just arrive and they'll be there. So subscribe to the Indu podcast channel on YouTube, which there is one. You just have to find it. You might find it under the T. Sterling Watson user name, maybe. I don't know. But all that will be situated and figured out, and I'll make everything nice and easy and clear and plain on Indube.com sooner or later. It might not happen this week, but it will happen. So everything will be organized. You'll be able to find what you need, and you can get all old episodes and new episodes. And you can listen on Spreaker, on Stitcher, on iTunes, and on Podbean.com, and on YouTube, and everywhere. Because we'll be everywhere. Or I'll be everywhere. And it'll just be everywhere. And tell your friends, too. That's that's really kind of what I wanted to tell you. Just tell your friends uh, about the Indu podcast and how much how much stuff you learned. Did you learn anything? Let me know, because I want to know. You got questions for me. Do you have questions? Ask me. Mostly on Twitter, because that's where I am. So hit me up, at I-N-D-O-O-B. Or, you know, Indu.com. Leave a comment there. Or on iTunes. Oh, yes. And make sure you rate me on iTunes or Stitcher or Spreaker. Any kind of rating system, because that helps me get out there and uh, people can find me. So we're 20 episodes in, and here's to the next 20, 50, 100, and all that good stuff. Cool? Great. So with all that said, remember, if the world didn't suck, we'd all fall off. Master Sterling on Twitter at Indube. I am not allowed. This is Bilford signing off, and this has been another 3SFX production. Use your words, Chief. Good boy.